Just wonderful to have your company, Stephen. What about I've just landed and you've just landed, but on yeah. opposite sides of the world. <laughs> yeah, I've just touched down in Las Vegas, Thursday your time, and you've just touched yeah. down from Barcelona on Thursday. So, I've yeah, just we're, touched uh, down in Sydney. International in travellers, international men of mystery. <laughs> I don't know if there's any mystery to it. Souths are playing, so there's no mystery to the fact that That's you've gone over there. That's why I'm there, baby. Yeah, no. It's, you know what? It's funny. <laughs> it's funny being here. I'm thinking, do I need to get to a briefing or something? I'm thinking, what, what am I doing here? Do I got to get to the show? It, feel, it feels really weird being able to wander. And, and, and this is what the strip looks like during the daytime. I've never seen it before during the day. Yeah, because you rarely yeah. – you took a photo I saw on Instagram, and it's like you rarely see the strip – Without the lights, it's a very, yeah, exactly. very strange thing. Yeah, it's good, but no, there's a lot of, is there a lot vibe of uh, or not? supporters here. A lot of supporters here too. There is a vibe. Yes, there is. Yeah, I've seen a lot of supporters, mainly South supporters, but I've seen other teams. I've seen uh, people with you know they. I was wearing my South hat on the strip and, and heard people yelling out, "Go the Rabbitohs!" You know, the supporters here had a few cheeky Rooster supporters as well. Talk to me as well. It's interesting. <laughs> Are you okay? Let's put it on the line because it's Sunday, right? It's Sunday. The 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 the, the Sunday game. Sydney time. Yeah, Sunday one thirty p.m. is the Souths uh, Manly game, and then the four o'clock game obviously, on Channel Nine. You're going to tell game. me, obviously, the the Rabbitohs are going to win by what margin? Well, I think, oh, mate, if they if they win by one, I'm happy, mate. It's hard to say. Game one, <laughs> I reckon. If they're if they're all if they're all fit, Cody Walker's fit. I reckon probably win by twelve. But Jesus, who knows? There's no form yet. And you're on the Broncos or the Roosters in the second game. I'll be I'll be steering the Broncos home, mate. I'll be death riding the Roosters. Not a fan <laughs> of the Roosters. Sorry, tell your son. Really? Sorry, but not noticed. a fan. Yeah, I think he knows. I think he knows. Yeah. Um. And so they're it's like magic round. They're back to back. So you yeah, one correct. ticket yeah, gets yeah. you into both. Two, yeah, two games, yeah. Well, same ticket, double header. And mate, I've been, well, I've got um, Fox News up on my TV here. I've seen the ad twice in the last half hour for the game. Russell Crowe's commentary: mm. no, no pads, yeah. no helmets, no timeouts. Sunday, Allegiance. Now Saturday, Allegiance Stadium. Yeah, I've seen it twice in half an hour. Yeah. They say there's like thirty thousand tickets sold. It's a fifty thousand seat stadium or something, mate. That, yeah, I don't think people understand how many people are in Las Vegas on a day yeah. and how, you know, comping and ticketing and everything. Like there'll just be swathes of tickets given away on Friday night, Saturday, just to drive people out there, won't they? Well, I've seen, or just on the flight out here, I, I checked in and at the Delph came over United and the lady said, oh, are you going over to watch the, to watch the rugby league? I said, yeah, I am actually. And uh, other people in the line were wearing the jerseys, you know, checking in and in the lounge and at the gate. Yeah, they reckon there's 15,000 Aussies there. Yeah, I reckon. I heard the big man talking today. They reckon there's 15,000 yeah. Aussies. At least. What I'm saying is yeah. they'll pack a large part of the stadium out with comp tickets. Uh, it doesn't Maybe. matter. Just yeah. fill the let's just fill the, the TV side of the stadium with people so it looks good yeah. and um, just put on some – Bit of biffo. We need a bit of state of origin style biffo as well. I hope so. Yeah, but my fear is that because the field is five meters narrower, right? Mm. And I know Souths at their Heffron Performance Center. They've been they they taped off that five meters part so they could train on the proper size field. My fear mm. with that is that because it's a it's a narrower field, and it'd be a lot easier to defend. It, I don't want yeah, it to be a right. too defensive heavy game because it'd be boring. You want you want it open, you know, kicking, running, you know, a lot of breaks and tries and stuff. I, I'm worried yeah, that yeah, it's going to be a really true. defensive game because it's it's a lot a lot less space to defend against now. But who knows? It's an interesting point because like the narrower yeah. field, you think it makes it cool, better because they're all packed together. But that the problem is. It yeah, makes, it's easier gaps. Defend. Yeah, you you can't. There's, there's less space means smaller gaps, and it's going to be. A lot easier to defend that, but we'll see. Hopefully, mm. uh, well, we'll Souths see. will find a way. What's the weather like? Pretty beautiful? It is nice, actually. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, I was out in a short sleeve t shirt. It was great. They're predicting, though, high winds for later in the week. So it could be windy and a bit, bit cooler. So, yeah, I don't know how that's going to affect the, the temperature inside the Allegiant Stadium. But, yeah, it, it's actually really pleasant out here. The weather's great. Bloody lovely. All right. Well, that's enough football. No one, no one, no one subscribed to a podcast called Two Blokes Talking Tech, wanting to listen <laughs> to that 
absolute dribble. Let's be real. I think (laughs) they subscribed. No, 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 they didn't, mate. Trust me. They subscribed for this. Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Not a bad price. With Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Really handy device. And Stephen Fennec from techguide.com.au. Thanks to the great people at Netgear and Arlo, episode 622 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. We'll tell you about Netgear and Arlo a little bit later in the show where all your Wi-Fi needs are met and your home security as well. But uh, I landed in Spain. Okay. I was only away for a week, so um, my, my mind is all a mush. But anyway, I landed and it was like midnight. We, we landed, got to our apartment, and the Senate, um, you know, communications inquiry, committee, yeah, whatever they yeah. are, was having an inquiry into the prominence legislation. So, recap we've discussed this briefly, but there's government legislation that is being put forward that suggests that anyone that makes a TV or a device, a set-top box, et cetera, um, needs to make the free-to-air apps, the BVOD apps, you know, 9 Now, 7 Plus, 10 Play, ABC iView, and SBS On Demand. They need to make them prominent in display on the TV. So when you buy a TV today, you yep. turn it on, it's got apps in a row, and, you know, Netflix, Disney, it's normally Amazon. Like, it's yeah, those big guys that yep. are there, and... You know, the, the, the commercial, uh, sorry, free-to-air networks, you know, might not even be there, let alone at, at, yeah. at the prominent end of that stick. And the legislation essentially says, hey, you have to give space for these five big mainstream networks and you have to make them prominent. You can't bury them. A bit of back and forth on this with different senators. There was a Senator Cadell, I think his name was, uh, from Newcastle, who was very engaged. I liked I like watching government inquiries when – the senators are actually engaged, like they're they, that not that they're knowing, but they're curious, which is what you want. Yeah. You want them to be asking the right questions to the right people. Because at this yeah. um, inquiry, we had uh, in one sitting, we had all the CEOs of the free to air networks. So we had seven, nine, and ten, along with Free TV Australia, sitting there at one time. In another sitting, we had SBS and ABC sitting together. Then we had Patrick Delaney from Foxtel. We had Scott Lawson from Fetch. Yep. We had weirdly we had commercial radio turn up, and then the device manufacturers, LG, Samsung, etc., their representative yep. through a kind of industry body turned up, and so they get to sit there and hear questions from the senators to try and talk about this. And here's my so that's that's the background. M- my concern right now is I worry about this legislation being not future thinking. And it was actually the industry association for the ma- manufacturers that maybe think about this. They talked about, um, you know, a, a user interface that was um, based on AI, a personalized user interface. Oh, yeah. And I think people will struggle to understand this until they've seen Hubble, but you've seen Hubble, Stephen. I've seen Hubble. Yep. Yep. And we've also seen modern smart TVs and smart TVs from five years ago. And we have gone, and I put pictures of this in my EFTM piece, We've gone from when you turn on the TV for there being icons for all the apps to now when you turn on a TV, there's a little row of apps and then icons for all the content to Hubble, which has no icons for apps and just content. We're going to get to a point where there are no icons for apps and it's just content. And I don't know that this legislation actually feeds into that. So I feel like it's... No, I agree. I don't know. I'm a bit worried that it's it's for nothing. It was a bit of an eye opener too, because hearing from the different stations and the and and the platforms as well, uh, because it's like because free to air still exists, right? So free to air, if you've got an antenna and you're free to air TV, then there's nothing going to stop that. It's going to be part of the experience, and the the fact that this is focused on the BVOD, so the the catch up apps, is really significant because I think a lot of people now. Are gravitating towards that experience where it's an all the streaming they might as well stream free to air TV as well. And what I wasn't aware of was that there's a lot of there's already been a lot of bargaining going on. There's already been talk between stations and TV manufacturers about okay, give us this and we'll do this for you. If you don't, then it's gonna and and I didn't even know. I thought I didn't even right. know that 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 was a, a thing. Where they're they're bargaining and and right. I think there was, I think the boss of SBS was talking about not not refusing a fifteen percent inducement to be a major TV manufacturer and 
he refused and they it they it was hard to find the SBS app as a result. Like I didn't even know that was going on. Yeah, but mate, this is this is my I made this point in my article. Most Australians would be blissfully unaware that those kind of deals are even taking place. Yeah. So and I'll be honest, of all the testimony, of all the questioning that was given, I would have thought Patrick Delaney or Scott would have been the the most uh, uh, I guess you know aggressive in their in their answering, but you know it wasn't wasn't Mike Sneezybeer from nine or uh, I think it's Warburton from seven. It wasn't any of those people. It was James Taylor from SBS, yeah. who I, I used to work with. He was the finance director when I was there. He yep. said, and I'll quote him: In June 2018, the manufacturer of the best-selling connected TV in Australia wrote to SBS and advised that unless we agreed to a 15% revenue share arrangement and placement fee, SBS would be removed from the app launcher on the TV homepage. When SBS refused to pay, the manufacturer carried through on their deal, making it harder for audiences to see. He went on about two more instances of the same thing happening. Now, what that indicates is that most likely the other networks have agreed to that. They've already agreed. Yeah, their yeah, revenue. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just like, I don't well, think so. And, and then forget the free to airs. Think about your Netflix and your Disney yeah. Plus and all that. I just don't think the average Aussie realizes that there are commercial deals being done about where apps appear and, and how you get content. I, I, I yeah, just I, think I agree. It, there needs and, to be transparency in that. Absolutely. Yeah. And major TV best-selling manufacturer, I'm not going to say the name, but it's it's pretty obvious who they're talking about. But um, the, the the fact that I think what 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 if 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 Fetch and Foxtel and Hubble had a magic wand, they would make the BVOD streams, so the the broadcast video on demand, so your TV live TV over the internet, they would want to make that as real or as close to terrestrial tv as they can we, we discussed i think on our respective podcast the, the fact that yeah the yep. there are issues with the hubble that the regional issues sport blackouts all these things that are happening so for there to be this much attention on the catch-up apps yes it's great to catch up on content and, and, you know, it's australian content i think the and and not not just any old content like live sport like if you can't see free live sport as mm. live sport for free in australia that that's that's an outrage because that that's part of the law the anti-siphoning laws so that aside other australian content also has to be up there as well and vying for i thought vying for your attention on its merits rather than vying for your attention because they paid to be there but don't uh, don't most yeah, smart TVs have a have a function where you can actually move the app as close to the front as you want? Like yeah. doesn't that, that's, that's a, that's too, the thing. It? The the legislation allows for it to be delivered to you in a certain way, and if you bloody hate seven, nine, and ten, you can move them. You can delete them. Get rid yeah. of them. Yeah. You can move the apps away. But it's it's about and I keep coming back to it. It's about my mum. When my yeah. mum puts a new TV in and she yeah. goes, How the hell do I watch Channel Nine? And yeah. it's not just about the BVOD apps, by the way. It is about yeah. prominence of free-to-air television as well because if you yeah. plug it into an antenna and it does a scan, and, mate, I, there are TVs I've tested that even after I've done an antenna scan, I don't know how to find the free-to-air channels because there's now <laughs> these, you know, there's free-to-air EPG and then there's these these internet-streamed channels like Samsung TV+, Plus, Vita yeah. TV, LG channels. There's these channels that they're pushing. And here's the thing. I genuinely think that all these companies uh, need to get in a room. And I think that what we have is we've got probably the big brands don't have local decisions around this. I think deals are being done in America and let's say mm. Samsung, they do a bunch of deals in America and Europe and they go, Hey, Australia, do the same deals. We're different. Yeah. Sorry. Our industry is different. Yeah. Everything's different. We're just different. Yeah. So you can't just cookie cutter us. And so I think they expect a certain style of deal. I believe that the smartest thing for the TV, and I'll, I'll use Samsung as the best example because I, I have a Samsung TV in the EFTM office. And I, mate, I love Samsung TV Plus. I think it's sick. Mythbusters, yeah. married with children. Um, there's uh, there's that Detroit porn star. There's some really cool channels yeah. of content, right? And I think that if Samsung is smart, they won't ask for Channel 9, 7 and 10 and ABC and SBS to give them a revenue share, they'll just plead with them to put their channels in that list so yeah. that 
a rising tide lifts all boats. You bring Samsung TV Plus is where you get live TV, including yeah, exactly 7, 9, right. 10, ABC and SP. Great for discovery. And as I'm watching yeah. the Today Show and then we go here, hey, yep. Mythbusters is there. Whatever, right? Yeah. I just, I, I, I just um, don't believe it's – I don't understand how they can't work together on this and build an ecosystem that works well for everyone. But is another is another solution to tell the TV manufacturers right? It's law, by law when someone turns on their TV, the first six apps in that row will be the free to air apps. Right, that's so, the basic principle of this legislation. So yeah, so and then it's up to the viewer, the Australian viewer, to bring Netflix or whatever other apps they prefer to watch or have. have more prominence on their own TV than because that's up to like you, you might not watch you, you, you and I, I might like seven, nine, and 10, but I'm not a big fan of SBS or ABC, so they might not be in my top three or my, my row of yeah, apps, yeah. and vice versa. But other people only watch ABC and SBS, seven, nine, and 10 might be at the end of the line for them. I reckon that's probably a sensible yeah. way to let the, the viewer decide the prominence, yeah, have them but- there. Alert, alert them to it yep. and then give them the choice. But here's the problem. The apps, sorry, the TVs of the future, and it could well be next year's TV. Might have been this year's. We haven't seen them. But they may not have an app row. Think about Hubble. There's yeah. no app row. It's just content. But Hubble has a TV guide. I reckon the TV guide is critical too because in, in Hubble's case, the TV guide is actually playing the BVOD stream that we've talked about. Yes, so, uh, the TV, I TV think guide. Hubble and Fetch have nothing to worry about with legi- this legislation. Yeah. Broadly speaking, uh, Patrick Delaney's presence at this inquiry wasn't really about prominence. It was about anti-siphoning because Patrick yeah. Delaney believes, um, uh, r- real quick, again, backgrounder for people that don't understand, State of Origin, Rugby League Grand Final, Bathurst 1000. These events are on the anti-siphoning list, list which means they must be available. Uh, they must have been you know, sold to a free-to-air network. Um, yep. as well as or, or instead of a pay TV network, so it can be accessed on the free-to-air networks. The problem is the free-to-air networks, say, are asking the governments to, to enshrine in law that that freeness should include their internet streams, so their BVOD yeah. stream of the free-to-air yep. channel, because at the moment the sports are asking them to pay more for that and therefore yeah. they're, they're selling that on, which so is the, why there's blackouts the digital on the rights, AFL. Like, digital rights, they That's call right. it. That's right. Yeah. The, the AFL has blackouts for that reason because yeah. Seven doesn't have the BVOD rights. Patrick yeah. Delaney believes, Patrick Delaney believes that the anti-siphoning legislation should not be about free to air, but free to view. Because in Patrick Delaney's world, and this is smart, he believes yeah. that he could have the Bathurst 1000, the state of origin, and he could put them all on KO, free yeah. to view, or you're just going to have the app. They're free to view. Anyone in Australia can watch it. You don't need to pay because yes. everything else is behind the paywall. So it's just on KO, and then everything else is there. You know, they call yeah, KO it's freebies, like, right? It's a great, it's a good, great way to bring people into the app. It's like the old. Remember what yeah. you said? They put the milk at the back of the supermarket, make everyone walk past yeah. the other stuff. Yeah, that's smart. So, so that that's yeah, that's right. where the kind of BVOD stream sports stuff sits. But mate, I worry that. All this talk about apps and, you know, we, we, we spent two minutes talking about placing the apps. Forget all that because yeah. the TVs in two years won't have apps. They'll just have content. And that, that's, that's where the free-to-airs will get left behind. Now, there'll be a lot of people yeah. listening going, I don't give a rats about the free-to-air. But you've got to take yourself out of your bubble. Yeah. You've got to remove yourself from your bubble and talk to some people outside of your, you know, your, 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 your mate's WhatsApp group. You know, when you go and have tea yeah. and scones with your grandmother – Think about her. Think about how she's going to yeah. use a television in three years from now when that one she's got now busts. Gets a new TV. How yeah. does she watch Midsummer Mur- Murders on ABC? Yeah. So, well, I think well, we saw Hubble, and Hubble was sort of – I think one of the things they told me, and may, may have said the same to you in your session, was that it's not about opening an app. It's about what's in the app. So get That's the content rather than where it came from. And so you're saying that – Free to air can sort of bank on that too. So if they're given that same, you know, married at first sight next to a Netflix special or or Midsummer Murders, whatever you said, next to mm. a, a program on Stan, is that pro- enough prominence or not? I I think if look, 
I'm not the CEO of any of these networks, and I'm sure they've got ulterior motives of their own regarding revenue and user data and all these things because you've got to log in and they want access and they don't want to just give you one stream. Because got ten, 20 years ago, Channel 9 in Sydney was just one stream, one set of ads. You and I could be yeah. watching on different sides of the city and see the same ads. But right now, you and I on different sides of the city will see different ads because there are ads in the Hornsby area on 9 now and really? there are ads on in, in the TV. South Sydney area as well, right? On, on 9 really? now. Oh, nine now. Okay, the app. Okay. On nine now. Yeah. Not, yeah. not on free to air. Broadcast yeah, is still just one. And that's obviously an yeah. important thing for them. But but so I think Hubble is a – if I was the CEO of a major network, I'd be like, you know what, Patrick, I don't mind what you've done here. As long yeah. as we get to be involved in the in the pushing of and curating of content, telling you what the best thing for us is so it appears on that, you know, featured tile, um, yep. as long as free to air is prominent in the program guide – you know, um, as long as in the setup, because we haven't set up Hubble yet. So as long as in the setup process, it says, you know, what, what are your favorite channels? And, and I can say lifestyle, um, you know, A&E channel nine, ABC, you know, I can say that. So they become my primary channels, that kind of thing. Do you think, do you remember in the, in Hubble and I think other, other TV platforms have this too. I think LG has this too. You remember how they had like a ribbon and it just had sport news, movies, Mm. So you mm. can go into a sub-genre. Could it be a solution as well, another way in of having one of those tiles just say free-to-air so that all the stuff that was on free-to-air – I know Hubble's trying to blend it all in, but this is another shortcut yep. to – would would that, would oh, that so, I reckon, So that's the problem the, the from a prominence point of view. The problem from a prominence point of view with Hubble is Hubble <laughs> does not want you to know what's free what's not, yeah. what you subscribe to, <laughs> and what's not. Like when you log on to Hubble, if I only if I only have a Netflix subscription and I buy Hubble to, to watch Netflix, I yeah. see tons of content. <laughs> and then Wolf, the logos Wolf. are there, Binge, Disney, everything. And yep. it's just a massive tease. It's just a massive yeah. tease to get me to click, subscribe, and do. So they're not going to – like they're not going to let you filter out the, the paid stuff and only see the free stuff. But that, to yeah. me – is is what I think Australians but, need. Australians you know need to know yeah. what's free. I think, though, in the long term, I reckon a platform like Hubble, they're going to find that the viewer is going to be their best engineer, the viewer, how they want to watch TV, mm-hmm. or how they like yeah. to, to sort things out. I think that well, they should listen to that sort of feedback where they could, they might be surprised to find there is a reason to have a tile for live TV or a reason to but do think about think about way. fetch and that latest update of fetch yeah. um, when you hover over like the you know what to watch icon it, it comes up with the chat like if you watch channel line as Stephen Fennick does every afternoon when tipping points on if you turn <laughs> on your fetch and go to go to uh, navigate it will automatically say hey you want to go to nine and like it makes <laughs> it easy to get there because it yeah. knows what you want yeah whereas for me it might be a different thing. It might be that I always watch KO at that time of day, and so it sends me there or whatever it might be. That personalization is also critical, and I think that's that's the the freedom that the the uh, content providers or the platform providers have. And I, look, bottom line, I'm worried that there's actually way too much commercial interest here as a site, and I'm talking from the free-to-airs and from the TVs, uh, yeah. as a side to just saying to people, guys, there's thousands of hours of content available for free. We want to. We want you to know where it is. That's all. I want you to know where it is, yeah. and and that's what that's what this legislation should be about. It yep. will be fascinating to see how it plays out. I, I think James Taylor's uh, statement regarding you know the the kind of blackmail essentially that that he outlined yeah. <laughs> would have would have hit hard. I think it really yeah. would have hit hard with the senators. And um, that's going to that's going to be fascinating. I don't think they would have known about this. I don't think, like most of the public, I don't think the senators would be would have been across that, and wouldn't have realised that that actually that happens, yeah, out there in in yeah. the TV market. Yeah. Mate, you used to buy a TV so yeah. that you could plug an antenna in and yeah. watch TV. You used to buy a TV because it would allow you to watch TV. And yeah. I just I get that everyone's trying to make money in a new way. They're trying to find new revenue streams and services and subscriptions. But Jesus Christ, can we just start selling TVs again? 
Can we just sell yeah. a bloody television and and where there is uh, you know financial kickbacks, mate? Pff, I really think that should be that's what their legislation should be. It should be. Yeah. By the way, if you click here, the TV company, the brand. Yeah. Is going to get one percent of your yeah. subscription costs ongoing. I think that, that they need that, that transparency. They, they need that transparency. Absolutely. All right. Love to know what you think. You can get in touch. Uh, you can get in touch with me at eftm.com. Stephen is at techguy.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, you've just come back from Mobile World Congress. Uh, I would have been there this year, but there was this other thing happening in Vegas. So I thought, you know what, I had to. If I had to toss a coin, <laughs> I thought, you know what, I'll go to. I've been to Barcelona before. I've never seen South play in the US before. So anyway, but it, it is the uh, <laughs> the annual the annual gathering of the the whole mobile community, and we're not talking just like the the, the the small portion that we see and that we talk about in our, on our websites and on the podcast is a very a very fractional a fraction of what's on on offer at MWC. It's very much an enterprise network driven mm. show where a lot of big companies that like you know Ericsson and Nokia and Samsung and all these big network companies come together. Was Huawei there this year? Huawei is still making networks around the world. So that's kind uh, of the, no. I didn't see. Yeah. I didn't see their network booth. But yeah. that said, mate, I'll be honest. Here's how. Here's how Mobile World Congress was this year. Yeah. I turned up on day one at eight thirty. Yeah. Uh, I went to see Samsung's Galaxy Ring. Yeah. I then went to find the Motorola and Oppo stand so that we could film some B. That they're not there, but, mate. They were there. Was nothing at the show. I was gone. I was gone within fifty minutes. I'd what? finished. I left. I was gone. Wow. 50 minutes I was on the ground. I saw I'm six ass- halls left. Uh, and I'm assuming that I Because everyone was doing things pre-show, externally. Yeah, pre-show stuff. yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, yeah, HMD while, while had town, a little, yeah. little session yeah. in two days beforehand, and then they were continuing that with, with meetings. Uh, yep. Oppo had a, had a session on the night of the first day. Motorola had a thing the day before. But normally uh, companies have a thing and then they have a booth. Um, yeah. that, mate, it was. So you're saying Oppo and who's not? the other company? Motorola had pre-show Motorola. events and HMD didn't have a stand. Correct, HMD wow. as well. As well, geez, yeah. Well, H. Yeah, okay, yeah. wow. So, so HMD, HMD is a fascinating one, right? Yeah, that's right. So HMD, you know, you've got Nokia, the 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 brand, the company have they they sell networking equipment. But yep. they sold, they licensed the brand to HMD so that they can make the H, the Nokia mobile phones. And there's normally been a booth there where you could, and a small one where you could see the see the the devices and things. So the this is a fascinating one for me because going into this, I was reading the rumors and reports and stuff. I'm thinking, what are you doing, people? That the 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 idea I got at was they were going to stop using the Nokia name and start using the HMD name in their mobile yep. phones. Now they are. Broadly, they're, they're, they're going to start making HMD mobile phones. My guess is, because they've announced no devices, my <laughs> guess is that HMD will be the smartphones. So the, the smartphone business will be HMD. Nokia yep. will be the feature phones, dumb phones, flip phones, you know, really? that kind of stuff, yeah. the, the, okay. the iconic um, retro phones, yep. uh, which we'll get, come back to that. And then they they said they got a new multi brand strategy, so they they're going to license other brands. And the first one they announced was Mattel and Barbie. There's going to be a Barbie phone <laughs> in July of this year. Which yeah, I, wrote, be, I, wrote I can tell that. you, yeah. we don't know for sure, but it won't be a smartphone. It'll be yeah. a flip phone, just like your your feature well, phone. It's Nokia. interesting. I, so I, wrote I actually on, I yeah. actually think it's yeah. a pretty good strategy. I think I wrote about the the Barbie flip phone and well the flip phones in general I think we're seeing more of them I think Nokia make made some already and I'm talking flip phone as in the feature mm. phone the dumb phone let's call it there yep. were some stats yep. that HMD shared though about how a lot of younger people are drifting or uh, are uh, uh, thinking you know what I'm spending too much time on in the, this digital world I want to pare back my interaction with my phone to yep. just talk and text and with a flip phone dumb phone for want of a better word you can take it they're starting to do that so is is barbie playing into that field into that or just is it something different i remember yeah. when when nokia came out with their remember they they redid the 3310 
sort of like a, the nostalgic sort of phone. Yeah. Um, I, I, is, is it like that, you reckon, or, or is, it, is it meant to attract that customer who's thinks, you know, I just want a phone. Just make me a phone. Well, I don't they're, want they're one and the same, right? So, so the Nokia feature phones will continue. There'll be a couple more of those. They mentioned an iconic Nokia. Yeah. Now, the 3310, the 8810, they've done a bunch of the iconic ones. For me, 8910, Engage. I mean, there's some crazy the phones that Nokia made. Is it that one they're talking about? The slide up metal 8910, phone? mate. 8910. That was the 8810. I've still got one. Uh. Uh, 88 wasn't didn't have the metal it wasn't the titanium uh, mate. I, I just i'll be fascinated to see which one they yeah, bring out that but was the a barbie cool phone. phone i reckon will just be another iteration of your nokia feature phone basically so yeah that that's hmd doing doing their best and and so um and, and there was i noticed too that there was obviously the smartphone and mobile phone brands but also there was the uh, lenovo the the transparent laptop you got a chance to see that didn't mm. you yeah, I just put a video up about it earlier. It's, mate, I don't get it. Honestly, this, you know what it reminds me of? Um, you know, we got the ASUS ZenBook Duo we talked about last week, dual screen yep. laptop. It's unbelievable, right? But then yeah. far, rewind five years to where these dual screen ideas were first. That they were, it, was, it was cool, but it was horrible, right? The t- typing on an actual touchscreen, all that kind of stuff. This thing felt the same. And I'll tell you why they, why they, why they did good was to make it look so futuristic it looks like it could be from a movie. But where they went yeah. wrong was it doesn't look practically like something I would want to own because it doesn't have a keyboard. You've got a, you know, um, a touch-sensitive yeah, like surface yeah. that is the keyboard. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I don't mind. made the transparent thing look good. Yeah, it, re- it, it reminded me, like you said, the sort of the futuristic look. It, it's sort of straight out of a movie, like – um. One of our upcoming movies yeah. is Minority Report. It reminded me of Minority Report, the transparent screens. Also reminded me of Avatar. If you watch mm. Avatar, they got all they got little see-through tablets and see-through monitors. I think it's someone someone at Lenovo said, you know what, we've seen it in the movies. Let's see if we can do it for real. Yeah. Let's see if we can copy that. Just but I, I can uh, understand, you know what? A... I, I, all it takes is one sort of one killer app, one one killer application. Because it doesn't Lenovo have a camera on it as well, so you can photograph your environment, and then it'll sort of create some augmented reality or something. Or isn't that isn't that how the Lenovo operates? Because it's meant to you look through the screen at your environment, and it's almost like all, it can act like an, an AR headset. Oh, I I didn't get that sense from it. I just got a sense that it was a transparent thing, like the LG TV is a transparent thing. Yeah. Everything else is just a Windows. Bloody laptop, and it looks cool. It looks cool, but it, it was yeah. it was there just for show. In the same way that uh, uh, alongside that was Motorola had that that same expandable phone they had last year, but this year they also had the bendable one. And I got to yep. tell you, there is nothing like the sensation of taking a mobile phone and bending it back on itself so the screen <laughs> is facing out. Like, mate, I saw that. It was doing was that my a working phone? It was was that a working device? Yeah. Was work, yep, it was so really on your, you put a you put a metal bracelet on your wrist, you yeah. bend the phone back, and there's a magnet on the back of the phone. You you clamp clamp it on, wow. and then when you look at your wrist, the time's there. And so, you know what they've done is they've taken the Android software that is the front of the Motorola Razor, so that big screen on the Razor, yeah. that essentially becomes the the top part of the screen, so that you can still use different apps on that top part yeah. there. Um, they had another demo of it sitting on a, on a table. Bent in in a U shape, and they're playing um, uh, Connect no Battleship, Battleship was so one on each side. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but oh, mate, I, I think ho- uh, horrible. The, the quality was horrible. The yeah, thing looked like oh, it was, it was a, falling apart. It was sort of a prototype, really, wasn't it? it it's but it's meant to be oh, yeah. like yeah. Look at Le, the Lenovo laptop. We're going to talk about the Oppo glasses in a minute. The this Motorola phone. It's just a flex. It's a company flex. So look, look what we can do. Yeah. And we don't know why, what it can be used for. But if someone's got an idea, look what we can do. That, that that's where yeah. how they come so across. From, so from an actual mobile phone perspective, um, uh, the Barbie phone. That's a yeah. legit announcement. Uh, Oppo has a Reno Eleven F Five G. I think it's called. Which Mate. it looks nice. It's thin. Uh, square edges, massive camera um, lenses or, or, or circles, like huge, very weird looking thing, um, and a very, that. very uh, unique 
uh, design to the back as well. But broadly, it looks like a really good phone. I think probably could sell quite well here in Australia if it, if it fits that kind of 900 to 1100 price point, maybe. Um, I don't know, but it's definitely coming to Australia. But that's broadly all the mobile phones. Now, I, I can yeah. tell you really simply that Motorola, when they had a briefing, mate, it went for an hour and a half. And they said, we'll tell you about the embargoes later. And I kept texting, when's the embargo? And yeah. for some of the things, it was like, "That's you can do that now. You can do this then. And then some of the uh, stuff's just TBD. Mate, they told me yeah. about phones that are coming out this year that I apparently can't tell anyone about for, until they get announced. I don't know. It was very weird. But all I'll say What's is Motorola have some though? very nice what phones coming. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, but you the announcement was you being there hearing the announcement. No, but so you said they couldn't that you couldn't write about it, but they announced it, but you couldn't write yes, about it. Yes, but you normally uh, get to, but you normally get to write about it. Yeah. Like oh wow. That was like I'm like, why can't I write about these phones you've just told me about? <laughs> but they did announce uh two things. Um a Corning Gorilla Glass partnership and they had this amazing demo of, you know, trying to smash glass, but it was yep. the same control demo you see all the time. And I'm thinking, can I put a uh, I don't know, can I put a, a a rock there to see whether how it'll you know, um I'm pretty sure I could break it. So yep. they're using a much stronger glass on, on their on their Motorola phones, and they've also got a Smart Connect software which links Windows computers with Android phones. And you know when you swipe up on an Android phone or any phone, and you kind of go into multitasking, or you can swipe away apps. In yep. this Smart Connect, you swipe up. Let's say you're in Spotify, you swipe up, and this new uh, button appears in the middle, and you hold your finger over that button, let go, and that app then appears on your Windows machine. Very oh. cool. That is really good. Very cool. Like continuity, like Mac continuity. Yeah. So you can have an, a, yeah. um, a tablet, a phone, and a computer, and your mouse can operate between them. It, almost exactly the same as Apple's continuity. Anything to make some, things easier for people. We make stuff easier. Absolutely. It's, that's, isn't that the name of the game? Like there's not much you can do in design. The phone has to be smarter, has to be easier to use. I know there's these form factors that are. I think they're trying to steer away from just this rectangular bit of glass you carry in your pocket. Were there were there many other new uh, folding phones? There were any folding phones or scrolling phones or whatever? No, I mean there's lots of bunch of concepts from companies I could not care about because they're never going to come to Australia. But yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing of great note. So fold. I thought folding so, yeah, phones might have had a bit dismal. more prominence there, but the the suppose you got Oppo, no. Samsung. Who else makes folding phones? Motorola. Motorola. So there, no one else is joining mm. that party at the moment. Like, oh, definitely not Apple at any not time soon. But yeah. Yeah. Were, were there other prototype? Like, remember when TCL was there one year and they had all these different prototype screens? Remember they had like a scrollable screen. They had the folding screen, folding mm. this way, folding that way. Did, was there anything like that there? Everyone's got prototypes, but mate, I couldn't yeah. give a rat's about a prototype. I want to see real products. <laughs> like I'm. I'm almost. Yeah. I'm, I was almost at my wits end with Motorola and these bendable things that are not real and like it's okay, but it was cool to show. So, you know, can we just talk about what products are coming? And that was the problem. There was just not a lot of product coming out of this show. Yeah. So, right. bit of a dismal one, if I'm if I'm honest. Okay. So, that's well. Motorola. That's Mobile World Congress for you. But um, you didn't miss anything, mate. Enjoy the enjoy the bunnies. <laughs> that's that's all I'd say to you. <laughs> for sure. All right. You can read about uh, some of those announcements at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, if you're starting to wonder whether or not the Wi-Fi in your home is performing at its best, it could be that you need a better Wi-Fi network in your home. If you're using the modem that was supplied by your internet provider, then Chances are you've got the dead spots around the home. You don't have speed at the other end of the home. So getting a, a mesh Wi-Fi system could make all the difference. And the great thing is that Netgear makes it easy. If you go to netgear.com.au, you can actually follow a simple few-question um, survey, and it will actually then tell you which Orbi is right for you because there are several different Orbi um, models to choose from. And it might be, uh, you know, how many devices you have connected. It might be how much data you're using, uh, what speed you you want. Those different questions will change the type of Orbi that's right for you. So use their expert recommendation at netgear.com.au to find the right Orbi for you. And then you can just shop directly at netgear.com.au, including the exclusive black editions that exist at netgear.com.au. And there are some cracking deals at the moment too on the premium products. So if you're in the market for new Wi-Fi, check out netgear.com.au. 
This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. So you mentioned Oppo and smart glasses. So for the last couple of months, I've been wearing the Ray-Ban Metas, which uh, are the second iteration of what um, yep. Ray-Ban and, and Facebook or Meta did and with the Ray-Ban how Stories. Did, how the did first the people one. at the, the nude beaches you were visiting feel about these glasses? <laughs> well, mate, they didn't know. Uh, they were too busy focusing on their on their tans. Uh, <laughs> idiot. Um so I've, I've been using those, and I, f- I find them awesome. I really, really think they're great. I, I've spent a bit of time now, and I, I wrote a review at EFTM.com on, on those specific glasses. But that concept of, okay, so the concept of the, of the Ray-Ban Metas is you've got video or photo recording on demand. You've also got a smart assistant, and you've got, head, you've got headphones built in. So you're listening to podcasts while you walk. You can take photos, video, whatever you want to do. Um, and then the theory is their meta AI will chime in at some point and become really useful part of the whole process. Then you look at what Oppo's doing. So the mm-hmm. Oppo Air Glass 3, so third generation of their um, smart glasses. And I got to see these and wear them and muck around with them in a very controlled, you know, it wasn't like they were paired with my smartphone or something. But the first thing I'd say is for a set of glasses, and you remember the Epson, Mavi, what were they called, those Oh man! I, I remember Those the glasses ones they had the that projected in front of you. Yeah, you could use them to fly a they drone. Oh, ridiculous, oh, but it was a very yeah. cool concept. And <laughs> yeah, we're talking, by time. the way, we're yeah. talking there more than ten years ago, because I remember using those at my old house in the garage where I used to record. Like, so that's uh, more than a decade ago, right? I remember so using. Oppo now has this concept where they're they're standard glasses. There you go. Standard glasses and the the side frames are a little bulky in that they've got this weird projection built in. And then just in front of your eyes, there's a square of projected content. So it they look like so the critical thing is they're not Google Glass because they're not some stupid thing just hanging out. They look like normal glasses. Yeah. But you get a projected image on the screen in front of you from your mobile phone. Now at you know, in their current concept, they do very little other than, you know, showing you can swipe through photos. They talk about maybe notifications, a couple other things. But they talk about the future. And TCL had these at CS two years ago um, where, you know, might do live translations. It might do navigation. Um, And Oppo were also very adamant about talking about their AI. Um, They've got their own GPT language model, all that kind of thing going on. So they're all, all trying to buy into that space. But, mate, what it got me thinking was you've got this, frankly, outstanding glasses from Ray Ban that do pretty high tech stuff. You've got this concept from Oppo, which allows you to project onto the screen. I'm thinking merge all that stuff together and give me a pair of glasses that are headphones. Love it. They they can take photo and video. Great. But yep. they also project from my phone different things. I think just simple notifications. Yeah. Um, you know, if you ask, say, the AI, whether it's Siri or otherwise a question, the answer is written in front yeah. of you or displayed as a photo, whatever so, it might be. Navigation, exercise, there's all so many yep. applications, translation. All those so, I think there was one even yeah, suggestion like, exercise. having a teleprompter, a teleprompter in there as well. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. So, but you, you just made a really good point. Exercise. You're out on a walk yeah. or you're doing one of those fitness coaching things. It's like, okay, we're going to push now. We're going to hold back now. You can see your yeah. heart rate, different things like that. I just looked at this and went, okay, so the Ray-Ban Metas are 450 bucks. Oppo's a concept, but you know, let's yeah. say it's going to cost more to have that projection based in. So we're looking at a thousand bucks or more now. Don't you yeah. think that is a far more mainstream product than Apple Vision Pro will ever be? And wouldn't you put all your eggs in that basket and evolve upwards from there as opposed to potentially evolving downwards to there? Yeah, no, perhaps. I, I, look, I, I think that. Vision Pro is, don't forget, it's version one of a product. Like you look at version one of the iPhone and look at the iPhone 15 today, that's so different. I think the Vision Pro is naturally going to go down that path as well. Whether it comes to being as small and light and accessible as this, we don't know. Because one thing I noticed about Apple, Apple's name of their product didn't mention any lettering. There was no VR, AR. It didn't say, it didn't want to be defined by that so i think that apple's trying to sort of take a little bit you know they've got a little bit in each camp about about what the vision pros can do these aren't virtual reality Mm -hmm. are they they're augmented reality 
So whether whether at there's best, a version for best. this, they're not they're yeah. not even that. Yeah. At this point, there's no real talk of these augmenting rally. They're just a display. Because I yeah. think about it, you walk down the street, and you think about how many people are you know buried in their phones. And most of the time, it's because you're looking at a certain thing. Now, whether it's navigation or otherwise. But if I'm walking down the street, phone in pocket, and my phone goes ding, ding, you know how Siri will announce on a set of AirPods, will announce who the message is from or whatever? Yep, yep. Why doesn't that appear in my glasses? I agree. You know what? And then I I can just go, Siri, reply. I think of this like a little bit like CarPlay and Android Auto. I think it's CarPlay for your face or Android Auto for your face. Faceplay. So you don't have to. Yeah, you know, you know, that's their name for it. You don't have to take your phone out. Anything that can keep your phone in your pocket longer, I reckon customers would like, me included. Imagine if you can see just who's – I know you've got a smartwatch, but there's things that are relevant to your surroundings maybe or things relevant to what you're looking at that that, that can help you. So rather than you holding up your phone to find your directions, yeah. you can look through the glasses. So but I reckon if it goes down that you path where smart, it makes stuff smartwatch. easier to do. Yeah. What if what – if, like I've always thought the smartwatch would be the, the genuine future device. It's the power, it's the heart, it's the brains of your connectivity, yep. right? Maybe I was wrong. Maybe maybe actually the phone continues to be that and it's in your pocket. But maybe it's the smartwatch, doesn't matter. Because if you take the smartwatch off and you put the Galaxy Ring on or the Apple Ring on and it's got your health yeah. and fitness data, communicating with your phone, displayed on your glasses, this yeah. just feels more real to me. Now, the the camera thing is obviously very controversial. Apple probably wouldn't go there early on because of the privacy issues and stuff. But I think a lot of people don't realize, in those meta glasses, and I didn't realize this, if you put a bit of gaff or paint over that little light that flashes yeah. when you're recording, you'll see, you'll see it comes nothing, up on the screen and says, nah, mate, you can't record. No, oh, no, really? it, no, because the, the lens for the camera is here. The lens uh, for the for the video is on the left, yeah. and the, the light, blinking light is on the right. If you cover up that blinking light, the, the oh. phone says, and I put a screenshot of this in um, in my article, the phone says the, the indicator light is covered. You can't record video. Uh, so they, they've taken wow. privacy seriously there, I think. Okay. Well, I think the whole, in, in the glass, case of these glasses, I, I think that, and this isn't a, a tomorrow thing. This is a 10, 10 15-year thing. The smartphone is going to recede. It's going gonna, it's gonna to not be something you carry around. It's just going to be something that's there. You know what I mean? That the features, the apps, is it whether it's through yeah. glasses, whether it's through, you know, you're you're listening to something or whatever, or whether it might be even a device that that, that wraps around your wrist, like the Motorola product. It, it, I think that there's we we need we need to be f- freer of the more freedom from the device. Do you remember I was telling you before how how much yeah. time people spend in the digital world? Their heads are down. Like I reckon we're evolving into hunchbacks. You know, we're going to mm. looking down and. In hundred years, in two hundred yeah. years' time, we're all, everyone's going to be hunchbacks with really big thumbs. That that can't that yeah. that's not sustainable. <laughs> I think you need you need to have, and this is a, the right path. And all it takes, look what Apple did for Vision Pro. All it takes is some genius in at Apple to say, "Why don't we do maybe try this?" Or this might be Vision Pro version five, six. I think that the, the Oppo's onto something here, and and, and it's. The ones no, we've seen I, I really think that, yeah. have been ahead of their time. Like the Epson one you mentioned, great concept, Google Glass, great great thought, but way ahead of their time. I don't think we were – not everyone was as deep into their devices as they are today or the apps or the content that the apps generate or information yeah. they provide to us. So I think now yeah. – we're it's ripe. These we're ripe now for this sort of product to, to to land and really have an impact. I think. No, and that's why I wanted to raise it. I kind of, I kind of, every now and then when we see these things, and um, uh, you, you know, it's like um, the other one I'll, I'll bring up because it's trending a bit at the moment is there's reports that Apple has has shelved its its plans for an Apple car. It's just it's just a whole bunch of people reporting the fact that often yeah. one one person makes a report and then everyone else report writes the same story, right? Yeah. And I wrote on threads and and I actually had someone reply, I think it might have been Tardis, that we said yep. this or I said this certainly with you some years ago. I don't think Apple was ever working on building a car. I no. think they had a division that looked at the car as being a, a core part of life. And how that yep. works, and so CarPlay came about, and then the new version of CarPlay that extends into the um, instrument cluster, like 
Porsche yeah, and others are launching OS. this year. That's the car division. Yeah, They're never going to launch a frigging car. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Well, and so I think yeah. I think that this 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 is a line in the sand to say I think Oppo is yeah. on the right path with this concept, this thing we wear, yeah. whether you wear them for sunglasses or or as you know corrective glasses, can have huge potential to take us away from our screens. Yeah. But keep us connected to and still keep us engaged. You know, whether yeah. it's a breaking news alert or yeah. you know, um, you know, important messages. Safety, like safety, you safety, say safety. often, you don't, you don't have notifications. No, yeah, I don't have but, any, but you think about you, right? You don't have notifications on your phone, right? Phone calls, messages, WhatsApp. They're the only apps I have notifications for. Everything else is is uh, no. I turn in off the same way that when you put on an Apple Watch, when you put on Apple Watch, it says which apps do you want notifications for. Yep. So for the glasses. Mate, yeah. I don't want notification when someone comments on a TikTok video. No. <laughs> I want notifications of a new message, a new WhatsApp, or maybe, you know, some threshold of breaking news. But everything else, eh, yeah. keep it away. No. Well, I'll see it when I open my phone. I think that's a cool, no, cool way to approach the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'll All mention right, well. it again. Apple has really energized this this area. Apple's come in with a Vision Pro. True. It's totally energized this space, and we're going to see more products like Oppo, other companies. Because you know what? There's going to be a lot of people thinking Vision Pro is good, but I don't have 6000 to spend on it. So here's another company with something yeah. that's like, you know, the MetaQuest 3 might might be cashing in on this, the whole Zuckerberg comparison and the how much cheaper it is to the Vision Pro. But I think there's an opportunity here for other companies to come in with their ideas to to – for, to, for the, to fill in for those people who can't afford a Vision Pro but want something like it. It's like yeah. it's like when there's a hit movie in the cinemas and it's sold out all the time. All the other movies that aren't sold out are going to have a – people are going to go see them instead. You know what I mean? So this yeah. could be the opportunity for these other companies to think, right, well, let's roll this out. I think Oppo's timing here is impeccable. I reckon this is really yeah. smart how they released this at the or unveiled this prototype at this time. Yep, oh, I think it's uh, it's an exciting time to be alive. I think this is the kind of cool stuff that, this, but this is the cool stuff that we're going to see because we have hit this plateau of innovation in most other spaces, whether it's watches or phones or computers. So this is this is a good thing, I reckon. Absolutely. All right, uh, you can read about all that techguide.com.au, eftm.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. Well, Amazon's uh, new Echo Hub is now available. They announced it a little while ago, and um, I've got to say, I'll be completely honest here. When I first heard of it and received it, the product to review, I struggled a little bit to understand why, what this, how different this is from having, say, an Echo Show. I have, I got the Echo Show 15 on my office wall, and I can do a lot with that, including hearing content, turning on things, and monitoring things. But as I dug deeper into this product, I realized that it is actually quite a different beast. It is – and the, the comparison I made on Tech Guide is that Echo Show is for your content to pl- enjoy your music, video, information, whereas Echo Hub is your remote control for your home. So being yep. able to recognize devices on your network, group them together, create routines, and control things – it, it harks back to, like, you, you you look at, say, 10 years ago, when you, if you wanted a system that could do this, you'd have to look at a company like, you know, Control 4, Crestron, you know, all, all these all these brands that, you know, Legrand, Cbus, all these brands where to achieve this would have cost you, it would have been a $20,000 fit out. Everything's connected. You've got a, a control panel on the wall. But now Amazon's come along with this, and what I like about it is that they've just sort of piggybacking the fa- piggybacking on the fact that we now all have nearly everyone's got a, a decent speed broadband connection. We also have quite a robust wireless network in our home, so rather than having to run cables and do stuff, everything that sits on your wireless network now they can achieve the same sort of control and automation and monitoring as those other brands were able to do. I'm telling you now, this is worry would worry those other brands because mm. why would you spend 10000 on a Crestron system where if you've got the, um, the Echo Hub, you can kind of do most of what these other products can do. So that's what cleared it up for me, noticing, knowing the difference. Yes, it can play content 
and your music and everything like that. But that extra step of being able to sort of step in and see at a granular level all the products is, I think, it, it makes this a really, really exciting product. And I think the great thing about this is that its focus is the smart home. So this is an office. If you have a light bulb, then this ain't for you. But if you have multiple rooms, so if you're in your Alexa app, you have multiple rooms set up, multiple routines, all that kind of stuff. Like in the just at the office, I've got multiple routines, things I can ask, things I can do, etc. Multiple lights. Then this becomes a dashboard for that. But my criticism of it is. It's very expensive. Like it's just over three hundred bucks, mm. but you can get, and it's small. Like what is it, eight inch or something? The yeah, eight inch. Fifteen inch Echo Show. Yeah, is three ninety nine, and it's huge, and can also be the the dashboard for your home. Yeah, and then a really basic Echo Show eight or five or whatever they are, uh, like one hundred and twenty nine, let alone two twenty nine. So it yeah. just feels like it's, and uh, I, that's the only problem is I. Unless you are going to get this thing installed on the wall because it's made to be kind of thin and, and up against yeah. the wall, there's, there's some advantages to it there. It's basically engineered to be thin and flat to be on a wall, whereas most other Echo shows are bulky things that sit on a desk. Yeah. But I don't know the premium you pay for it. If I'm going to spend mm. that much money, I'm going to recommend you get the Echo Show 15 because it's much bigger, looks like yeah. a frame, sits on the wall the same way. Just get that. I understand. I think, though, that the fact this has Matter, it's Matter compatible. Yes. It's also Thread and Zigbee compatible. Do other? I think some Echoes have that that compatibility, but this has got all or everything, Matter, Thread, Zigbee. Yeah, it's the future smart home hub um, yeah. personified. Yep. I do have my criticisms, though, apart from your observation about do you really need it if you've got a show. Yep. My other criticism is the fact that there's not enough control on the – like not enough control like as if – um, to edit and change things on the nah, device. You've got to go into the app to do that, which I thought, like, imagine being able to press and hold a speaker on this screen and just delete it from your system or from a room. You can't do that. You, or even changing the name of something. You've got to go into the app and do it, and then yeah. it's got to re- update and reflect on on the Echo Hub. I, th- I thought there'd be a little bit more... Uh, a, a bit more uh, freedom to to be able to get in and just really get down to that level and yep. edit edit and change things around on the device. But no, you got to got to go out and go to use the app. Yeah. So I mean, look, it's I don't think it'll sell in big numbers, but I think it's a path towards something in the matter space, yeah. in the smart home space, and um, and for that reason, it's a, it's an important product to exist. And I do love, I would install it yeah. in a heartbeat in the home if anything in my actual house was Alexa-enabled, but my wife doesn't allow that, so it's just no point. <laughs> also, my last thing I would say is, if you're truly in the Alexa ecosystem, when I walk into my office, I speak to Alexa and I say, I'm here. And the routine happens and my lights turn on. Yeah. When I'm leaving, I speak to Alexa and I say, I'm leaving. And all the lights turn off, the TV turn off. Like, if you're truly you in the ecosystem... Anyway. Yeah. Why aren't you using your voice for these yeah. things? Yeah, oh, I agree. I think, um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 there is a difference, not much of a difference, but it it can be singled out to be if you wanted to have rather than just buying an extra speaker, you have kind of the traffic cop that runs that runs the show a yeah. little bit better. Yeah, I think if yeah. you if you're if if, if I, I like you said it was a bit expensive uh, compared to what those other systems could do, like the Control Fours and the the Crestrons and those those other things, those other systems, they are way way more expensive than three hundred twenty nine oh, yeah, bucks. I know that, yeah, for this to do what it can do, it's not not bad for the money. All right, you can check out our full reviews at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech, uh, proudly supported by Arlo. And Arlo uh, have their great range of cameras, have great range of floodlights. But I'm going to talk today about doorbells. Doorbells uh, are something I I talk to my doorbell or I answer my doorbell several times a day. And it really does make life much more convenient. I'm missing less deliveries. So we get a lot of deliveries, Trevor and I. So this is an essential product for us. But even even I think uh, I know that my uh, whenever there's a package to be delivered and I'm going to be home, they say, "Oh, look, you know, I'm waiting for a package." I'm thinking, well, if you got the doorbell, just just log into the Arlo app. You can answer the door yourself and tell them what you want to do. I did this the other day. I wasn't even home, 
someone rang the doorbell. I said, yeah, mate, that's fine. Can you put it at the door? They said, are, are you Stephen? I said, yep. And they said, that tick, tick the box and the delivery is done. Now, the beauty of the Arlo video doorbell is that it, there, it's, there's a battery version that gives you a lot more uh, freedom to install it at your front door. You're, not everyone has power to the front door. Um, you do, though, have to take off the whole doorbell to charge it. There, with the older model had the battery. You just take the battery out. So if you had a spare battery, you popped it in. But I think uh, you take the whole thing off, charge it through USB-C. It's 229 bucks, and it connects directly to your Wi-Fi, 180-degree field of view, 2K video, and this is also a security camera too, don't forget, night vision and motion detection on board here as well. So uh, I think well worth the investment. And then you can you, you might be adding to an Arlo system or this could be your first Arlo camera. Beauty of that is you can add more uh, to, to the ecosystem as you go. All they do, connect directly to your Wi-Fi and you're good to go. If you want to check it out for yourself, head over to Arlo.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen, I've had an issue, uh, an official apology to my audience. I did that on EFTM.com and I need to do it yeah. now to the Two Blokes Talking Tech audience. Why? I Everything I said about Apple AirTags is wrong. Oi. Just wrong. The Apple AirTag really? is not the best travel luggage bag, backpack, tracker, finder, wow. locator device. It's official. Wow. It's just not. Okay. I So here's, and you know, you, you'll, you'll resonate. Exactly, with what I'm about to tell you. I got a yep. call from someone who I know very well, and they said, I know this bloke who's got this product. I said, oh, yep. okay. Yep. Okay. Send him, get him to call me. Whatever. This bloke rings me, goes, mate, we've got this thing. It's, we're an Aussie company. We've got this thing. It's a, it's a luggage tracker. I went, oh, yeah, good, mate. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Just send it to me. It was before CES. Sent it to me, sat in a box. I didn't even put it on my luggage to go to CES. Okay. I didn't even put it on my luggage to go to Perth and Melbourne. But it was yep. sitting on the stairs because it was in that pile of, you know, Trev, you've got to get to this. Yeah. So uh, heading heading to Barcelona, I didn't set it up, but I took yep. And then while I was in Barcelona, I set it up. And I'm an idiot because it's brilliant. Wow. Here's why it's brilliant. It's it's from a company called Nog, K-N-O-G, and yep. it's called the Scout Travel. Now, it is a, 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 a luggage tag. It is a luggage tracker and a yeah. luggage alarm. It's about wow. 95 bucks, but if you to buy an AirTag plus an AirTag holder and think about a couple of CR2032 batteries over a couple of years, yep. because this thing is rechargeable, Ooh. then you start to go, hang on, it's actually pretty good value as well. So it's a luggage tag because there's a QR code on it. You, people, yep. If someone came up to my bag, scan that QR code, I can choose what they see. So it says, this is right. Trev's bag, call me on this number, whatever. Okay. So it's yep. a luggage tag, smart. It is a luggage tracker. Because it works with the Find My network. So it's an oh, air tag. It's an wow. air tag. Wow. So it works on the Find My network. You add it in the Find My app, yeah. all the same stuff, right? So it, it works, has the same capabilities exactly as an Apple air tag. As we always say, when you lose your bag, every Apple device becomes the search party for your bag. Boom. Yep. That's done. But then it's also a, a, a luggage alarm. Now, this I thought about, mate, this is brilliant. So in yeah. the, then you have the Nog app, which is obviously Bluetooth connecting to the thing, and you yep. can press the button to arm the thing, like, you know, arm the alarm. Yep. And you know when you're in a, an airport lounge, you put your yep. bag on your seat, and then you, you go have a shower or you go to the toilet or you go just go up to get some lunch or whatever. Yep. I, I leave my bag all the time. But yeah. you do have that thing in your head of, like, it is probably the number one Someone's place you can steal with this. Yeah. yeah. Arm the device. If someone picks up your bag, this thing has a, like, 85 decibel alarm. Wow. And they ain't going to take your bag. Yeah, So, wow. mate, for 95 bucks, and so, by the way, it's quite a, it's quite a tall unit. It's kind of long. I'm going to say four or five yeah, centimeters. Yeah, so how, but it how comes, long is it? It comes with, it's about, I'd say, four centimeters. comes okay, with the, the, metal, the metal band, you know, that, that can't be easily cut, and it yep. gets kind of screwed in um, yep. for your luggage. Mate, it, honestly, for under 100 bucks, this is going to stay on my backpack, and I'm going to get another couple for my luggage because I think I've how I get the alarm. You know when you notice that your air tags are, are, are dead when you're overseas, because yeah. <laughs> because you ignore yeah. the alert the rest of the weeks, <laughs> and then when you travel, you realize you're really need the buddy batteries. So this thing's rechargeable with USB C. Tell your mate to send me a couple. Yeah, that looks pretty good. I'm looking at it on an EFTM. It looks and, and I'm seeing your 
that you can track it on your on Find My like you would an AirTag, mate. I, I, I love seen, the alarm concept too. That's really cool. Yeah, I, look, I don't think it's something you use every day. The alarm thing, no. but you know, there's there's got to be times where you think, okay, we're going to leave our luggage here, um, like you know, your hotel room. Here's a great because you you're you, I think you're a safe user, aren't you? You use the safe. I in do. Hotel yeah, I use the safe. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I never do. Right. But, okay. So I, my passport alert, file is always alert, in my backpack. Rob Trevor's room yeah. next time he's away. <laughs> but if I put if I turn the alarm on when I leave the room, yeah, and you know, like I'm not going to um obviously the the cleaning staff, the maids, the housekeepers might move stuff, so I'm not going to put it randomly on the bed. I'm going to yeah, you know, so going to make the bed. I'm going to sit the backpack like let's say in the cupboard, and yeah. leave it there with armed. If someone picks it up, they they deserve the alarm to go off in my book. Yeah. So those kind of situations, mate. Oh, I'm a fan, big fan. So, yeah, well, it's uh, from mate, a company a called Nog, K-N-O-G, the Scout yep. Travel, smart luggage tag, alarm, and tracker. It is everything in one. I was very impressed, under 100 bucks, and uh, you can uh, find them online and my full review on some photos at EFTM.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. All right, mate, go the bunnies. Uh, go yeah, the baby. Broncos, I think we're going for. Um, Broncos to beat the Roosters and Souths naturally to beat Manly. I might just go. I'm just hoping plus that two the games are South. good quality games, nice and open. I hope too that uh, the weather's good. They reckon it's going to be a bit windy. It very rarely rains in Vegas. It's not going to rain on us. Doesn't but, matter. It's an indoor stadium. Yeah, uh, it is too. Yeah, so it's uh, it's going to be exciting. And you know what? The, to think the Super Bowl was here a few weeks ago. And yeah. for for Souths to this spectacle in in Las Vegas, and uh, we, we're finding that I've discovered that in the years to come, they're going to the NRL is going to rotate other teams to come here as well. Mm. For the next five years, they reckon they're going to have the opening round in yeah. Vegas. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be. It's been promoted very well. I just hope the actual day runs smoothly and that the games are pretty high quality. So there's a bit of biffo. That's what the Yanks need yeah, to see. They need they to want. see some. Some real Definite. big hits. Yeah. Big, some big hits, yes. All right, mate. Enjoy. Talk to you next week. Will do. See you, buddy. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech.